0: I, I, actually, I've got a question for you almost straight up, mm-hmm. which is like, when's the last time you were in church when there was singing to be done? Like, so not like touring a church? No, no, no. When you're in the, in the pews at a wedding or something or, or at some service. Wow.
1: Good question. Because I, I do go to like churches frequently. I like to go into churches. Yeah, but you weren't singing. Oh, there was Russia, dude. We saw singing in one of the churches. But you weren't singing. You didn't ask me when I was last singing. Well, I was about to. Because I can tell you that the last time that I was singing in church was when I was... As at an altar like... boy. <laughs> <laughs> Dean, altar boy. <laughs> um, High school. Yeah, right. When I was forced to go Cause... and we all had to sing.
0: Yeah, which... Fine, fine. Yeah, I was at a wedding... And you know me, I've been in, I've been in bands. I can sing, I've recorded my own stuff. I'm, I'm, I can sing cappella for you right now. Mr. Bono right. Vox. <laughs>
1: That's what they call me. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Put me in a pew next to other people that are singing some kind of, you know, whatever devotional yeah. psalm or whatever it's called. I can't do it. I cannot do it. I can't find the key. I'm all over the place. The person next to me is like, who's this guy? <laughs> <laughs> and I, I am one of those guys that do sing like i'm not gonna so stand a, there and not
1: sing a pupil of all the people in the church <laughs> yeah. would say that you overwhelmingly could not sing
0: i can't do it and really? i don't know why it is i have is it something to do with the well, mentality I, of being in a church and i'm sort of overwhelmed yeah. am i underwhelmed i don't know but
1: i can't sing in a church out of a church in a box with a fox <laughs> <laughs> i cannot sing sam i am i will not sing even for green eggs and Ham. <laughs> i can't do it no um,
0: well, I have. No I, don't, idea like, I don't. I don't
1: like. sing at birthday parties. If there's like a jolly good fellow. See, I'm oh, singing well, the harmonies of Happy Birthday. I am that dickhead singing the thirds. Because as soon as I start singing, I can hear myself being so out of key with everyone. Yeah. I'm like, I'm just ruining this for everyone. Well, that's that's me. I,
0: I know that feeling because that's me when I'm singing in a church. And apologies to uh, to Kate, whose wedding I was at and clearly ruining for everyone else. What <laughs> what song was to being sing. sung? Was it Happy? Oh, you know something about <laughs> bread and. Jesus, Jesus oh, the mind. Jesus the bread man.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love that Jesus could be just like a baker. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, a carpenter baker. Like, what's it big diff?
0: Makes a killer kugloff.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think they're both true, right? Both earnest professions. <laughs> you could have just as easily been a Baker's Delight franchisee. Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right, let's do some. Uh, let's do a podcast. Ooh. What do you reckon? This is welcome. Well. Welcome a bit out of practice it. Welcome to Jeremy's Iron
1: It is November 30th, uh, to the year of our Lord, 2019
0: <laughs> Yes, uh, it's a podcast about science, research and a whole bunch of other things And my name is Justin Zoltzer here with me He's a man who has promised me he's not going to be linking the bushfires to climate change in any meaningful <laughs> way. Uh,
1: no, I will not. Uh, be inappropriate. But don't you think it is... it's a little too convenient?
0: I was going to do your introduction. Justin Bobbin, welcome. That's me. Yeah.
1: Like, uh, That's me. Now, look it.
0: tuning in we are a science podcast loosely yeah uh, but today we're talking about something pretty what, what, what is it What's well, the gist?
1: look did no one else notice that mer- mercury was in retrograde at the same time as a bushfire started <laughs> and and then and then now that the mercury retrograde has stopped the bushfires have all but gone away i mean come on it's a much more approximate cause for the bushfires than <laughs> climate change which has been happening slowly over like hundreds of years
0: uh, that actually just reminds me of a website called Spurious Relations where they show like, like a, a ridiculous number of things that just correlate perfectly like, you know, Jude Law films and people dying in it's certain great. countries so or good. whatever. Yeah. Anyway, so R-
1: Mercury retrograde, we're talking about astrology and I'm fed so, up, man. So I am up to have,
0: the gills. People have recognized that something's happening with work Mercury and they're suggesting that it's it's turning everyone crazy. Is that it, right?
1: It, on Instagram, which I'm not a big Instagrammer, Yeah. But I've been noticing everyone just going tits about Mercury being in retrograde this month. Everyone's right. like, "Dude, Mercury's in retrograde. Watch out!" Uh, finally realized why there's so much chaos in my life this week. What does it mean for Mercury to be in okay retrograde? So,
0: well, actually, we'll get into that. That's, we'll that's we'll, what's we'll get up, into but- it
1: all. It's coming up. Uh, I'm just I'm up to the gills. Sesufi. I'm just, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm about to blow a gasket. <laughs> in French as well. Yeah, in French. When I get frustrated, French comes out. Yeah. I can't explain it. I lose my English. Uh, what do you got?
0: Well, I've got a, a piece of uh Besides a bowl here. of soup. What we usually do on this program is that we give each other one piece of science research to talk about. Yours is mercury being in retrograde. Whether that's we right. can call that science or not, <laughs> that's up, up for grabs. But uh, mine is to do with uh, bacteria talking to each other. Signaling bacteria. Interesting. Mm. But before we get into either of those two things, yeah, you got We usually else. have a bit of a chit chat, and we haven't had a show in a while, so I we do want to had, have a bit no. of a catch up. Um, how are you? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> yeah, I'm good. I um, I came up with this idea, yeah. Which I want I want to get your input on. Uh-huh. Us both of us still being in, into our mid late thirties and single. Speak for yourself. Which one of those are you not? <laughs> Are you, are you my mid to late thirties? <laughs> no. Are you like way older than I thought you were?
1: I'm forty six. <laughs> you're definitely single as far as I can say. Yeah. I was carded uh, two days ago buying right. non alcoholic beer. Figure that one out. What? Yeah. <laughs> I went to vintage cellars right. and I bought a six pack of right. Heineken zero point zero percent beer. Yeah. I took it to the cash and the guy said, That'll be twelve ninety five. Can I see some ID? <laughs> And I and said,
0: like, there's no alcohol in this. I said, I can buy this in Qatar. I said, in fact, this is what I will be buying without I said, my ID in Qatar.
1: I said, I'm going to drink this in my car on the way home. <laughs> Why yeah. am I showing you ID? <laughs> and he said, do you have ID? He, just, he wasn't playing at all. He was right. like, do you have ID on you? I said, yeah, I've got ID. I drove here. I have my ID. But I don't want to show it to you <laughs> because I'm buying beer juice. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, I'm still going to need to see some ID. Yeah. So that happened. And then he said, well, the reason is because you could be one of those secret shoppers and you have to be 18 to be in this store. Okay. You can't be in there if you're unaccompanied. I didn't know under 18. And I so said, I oh, okay. So I said that. And he said, he's like, dude, and I'm not going to get busted over non-alcoholic beer <laughs> by someone who is a secret shopper and is just going to spring me on not asking for uh, I Sorry. When you
0: say secret shopper, as in someone like working for the cops, doing a sting kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Uh... Or, or even a...
1: Vintage sellers doing a, an audit of their own staff. Right. Making sure that they're not going to get busted for it.
0: What if it's someone from like a supermarket sweep-esque game show <laughs> where they're just trying to work out how much the basket of goods is worth? <laughs>
1: also, wouldn't want yes. to be stung by that supermarket great game sweep. show. <laughs> Such a good show. Anyway. Oh, wait, no, wait. I'm not done. My beer story doesn't finish. <laughs> okay. So I show the guy my ID. Mm. And then I took my beer to a restaurant mm-hmm. without the intention of drinking i just had it because i was gonna bring it home and i went to meet a mate for dinner and uh at the end of the meal we we both wanted more beer because we'd had some beers at the bar but we're driving and we asked the bartender waitress if we could have paid corkage but to have one of our non-alcoholic beers mm. like, like we know you guys don't sell this but we, we happen to have them can we pay you with whatever nominal corkage you'd normally charge for beer just so there's no argument and then we can just have one of these while we're still here at the restaurant yeah and she said no. Right. And I was like, okay, Are you sure? Like, can you ask your manager? Because it doesn't really seem like a, it's only a benefit. But positive. can you bring in a...
0: Say you wanted to bring in a Coke. I don't think they'd allow you to that's do that. That's exactly... Well, I don't
1: think they'd let you do that. But, well, here's the thing, though. So she comes back. She asks the manager. And she comes back to us. And she says, I'm sorry. It's a violation of our liquor license. Uh, and, I, and she's like, we can only charge corkage for wine. Right. And I was like, but this isn't... So
0: don't charge corkage. So do they like, don't charge corkage. Us kind just to of let like, us drink it. I'm yeah. like, well, we're, just,
1: we're throwing you a bone just yeah. so there's no argument. Would you lose your liquor license if we brought a Coke in? In my mind, that's what I'm thinking. No, like, no. They
0: would lose their liquor license if you paid corkage you for, for Coke. A Coke. <laughs> so if there was like, a secret shopper at their restaurant, <laughs> yeah.
1: I feel like the, uh, the, the world, world isn't The world isn't ready out
0: the, cr- the, the crinkles around non-alcoholic, non-alcoholic beer. We're not we're still ready. Got a, no. We're not ready for it. As a people, we're not.
1: Everyone I've met, 100% of people I tell about it say, well, why would you do that? What, what's the point? Like, uh, oh, what, non-alcoholic? Yeah. yeah. Oh, because it's great. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. There's so many points to it.
0: As we've said, we are, we are definitely ready for a non-alcoholic beer sponsor for the show. Hopefully, you're paying attention. Coopers.
1: Do, the, do Coopers do a non alco
0: I don't think they do yet. Well, the only ones for me, do. Heineken
1: double zero. That's the only one I care about.
0: Mm. I had a couple good ones.
1: Mm. Anyway. anyway. Uh, you got a story.
0: Uh, I do...
1: Uh, and this is—I've
0: raised this before—because as single people, you and I, uh-huh. we've gone to our fair share of weddings, celebrations for people, happy I, couples. I don't get invited to many. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs>
1: <laughs> people don't want to share their happy days with me. <laughs> no. No. I've you. been to quite a few. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, you do go to a lot. I go to a lot, and a you're, part like, of me, you're like a celebrant.
0: I could be at this stage. A part of me thinks that if I don't, if I'm not getting married, mm-hmm. when's it my day? Like. Yeah. I've gone overseas for weddings mm-hmm. numerous times. Yep. Like, when is it my day that everyone comes and celebrates me, my singledom? Uh, am I allowed to just or call it? Can just- I call it at some point when I'm like, whatever, I'm 35 now. If I'm yep. like 39, 40, 41, maybe 50, and I'm like, it's not happening, Yeah. but you, I'm calling it. It's my day. Everyone comes and celebrates me. They only need to give me half- like the presence. You're calling like a timeout.
1: Everyone's coming in, taking a knee, having an orange yeah.
0: slice. It's my non-wedding. And, but yeah. everyone has to come and celebrate because fuck everyone else. Like why am I celebrating everyone else's happiness? You come around,
1: I mean? have a party. Yeah. Why
0: not? I'll send out the invites. They can come from wherever they are in the world. Yeah. You owe me, you owe me one trip around the world yeah. to come to my thing. What do you feel? Do you feel like that's a... <laughs> totally. Although it's yeah. the kind of thing that you can then not get married. Like, Because <laughs> if you
1: get married after that... You can't invite anyone. Well, no. Well, you can't expect them to come. But, but married people can get divorced. Do we attend that too? <laughs> no, we, we don't. Know? But that's the thing.
0: We get, we're attending their weddings and half of them are going to get divorced anyway. So yeah. you can attend my single party. And if I get married, whatever. Same diff, Same right? diff. Yeah. We all came to celebrate your wedding. Yeah. And now that you're divorced, we all feel a bit stupid. And we all gave you stuff. And you're not going to give it back because, you know legal fees etc so,
1: no dude i don't know man it's weird yeah. people are weird
0: as are we as you'll find out if you keep listening we are jeremy's iron we're going to get into some science after the break
1: this is the uh flagship show of the ironworks podcast <laughs> network right <laughs> which is doing really well yeah it is i was recently on uh, on big in india
0: yeah big it is big in india yeah Shoutouts to the people listening from India, by the way. Just P.S. Because there are... Big, it's our biggest market. It is. Um, my yep. ZStats website. I continually get emails from people from India who watch my stats videos. So, uh, big shout-outs. Wherever you are on the subcontinent. Love it. Anyway, we're going to throw to a break and then come back and talk about... We'll do mine first because mine's a bit uh, smaller. Yours sounds a bit more juicy. So, we'll talk about... Uh, <laughs> That's what people say. <laughs> <laughs> That's some prime innuendo Uh, We'll talk about my uh, bacteria talking to each other And then to your retrograde mercury Okay, so uh, we are a science podcast, Jeremy's Iron. We've got uh, things on the web, jeremysiron.com. You can see us. Geocities. You, you, well, you can hear us on a whole bunch of uh, podcast platforms.
1: Yep. All of them. Most I, Pretty much I, all of them. Find us on the
0: podcast platform nearest you. That's right. Uh, yeah, so we're going to talk about some science. My article today, uh, it's talking about uh, bacteria that communicate. apparently communicate. They uh-huh. talk to each other. It comes from uh, Van Kessel. Yeah. It's called signaling for more than a quorum. The collective stress response protects healthy Pseudomonas urogenosa. Pseudomonas urogenosa populations. Pseudomonas aeruginosa.
1: Yeah? Yeah. Arugula. It's a very... It's rocket. It's a rocket, right? Yeah. <laughs> pseudomonas is a very common uh, pathogen, bacteria. We see in the hospital a fair bit. Mm-hmm. So uh, we see a lot of infections with Pseudomonas. Yeah, well, that that's, smells fucking terrible. You walk in a room and you smell you can, You often will know it's a pseudomonas infection before you send the samples off to the lab. It's green and malodorous. Wow. Yeah. What's great... You be like, yeah, he's got a pseudomonas infection.
0: Interesting. Yeah. Okay, well, it's good that we have a, a bit of a first-hand experience mm. because I'm, re- I'm reading the text I and fucking hate pseudomonas. Really? Well, apparently it is a big deal in, in hospitals everywhere. Totally. Um, Major
1: now- hospital-acquired mm. infection.
0: Now, what what they've found is that... I'll I'll read you a a quote from this paper, which says that we can see in the laboratory that the bacteria simply swim around the quote-unquote dangerous area. So when you're trying to treat someone that's infected with this, Mm -hmm. you might use antibiotics, right? Yeah. So briefly, my naive understanding of antibiotics is it's something that is going in there to essentially kill that bacteria, right? Sure. And these bacterium... Mm-hmm. When, when they find that they're getting attacked by these antibiotics They actually communicate with each other And tell, basically give out warning signals To say, oi, don't come this way I'm about to get fucking smashed up by this mm-hmm. and Anyway
1: So they found that in a laboratory the bacteria- Same as the bush pigs What? The wild, the wild boars in America How they'll like tell each other about like traps So uh-huh. the other ones will avoid it Cool. They're like, we just went to this farm There's like spikes in a pit Fucking stay away <laughs> And they do. How can pigs and bacteria communicate better than
0: humans can in terms of solving problems?
1: <laughs> like, we should be putting they, yeah. bacteria into a um, escape room. Yeah, really <laughs> if should. they're so good at communicating, let's yeah. see them get out of Doctor Demento. Well, and do have a, a, escape, escape room
0: scenarios inside, you know, my pancreas or whatever when it's being attacked by whatever
1: by some kind of. You're right. Yeah, you're right. The human body, the greatest escape room of all. It is.
0: Uh, but yeah, so they communicate, they receive the warning signal from their, what they call uh, conspecifics, which are just other bacterium that close by. And in the microscope, you can actually see them tracing a circle around the dangerous area. Mm-hmm. So they kind of like create a perimeter around the bad bits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's basically a, su- a survival mechanism for the bacteria. And it's going to give us some indication about how we might be able to treat it. In humans, because we actually have to undo that communication ability between the bacteria, mm-hmm. so they behave <laughs> like one united organism. That's that—that yeah. that, that is the general thing that they're trying to that they've discovered. Uh, wow, what are we?
1: What are we but a collection of cells? That's
0: true too. So they, they've suggested that the way to treat it is to one of two ways. They can either pre- prevent the warning signal being sent out in the first place. Mm-hmm. So whatever the treatment, whatever the um, they can try to tinker with it so it blocks the signal. Mm-hmm. Alternative, they can design substances that can block the signal being received. So this is the level on which they're dealing with. You're talking about these microscopic yeah. you know, bacteria
1: yeah. and we're tinkering dude, with their, their, most Many medicines, for example, like um, most psychiatric medications mm. work by impairing or augmenting the signaling of various intracellular uh, communications, right? Right. Because our cells have to communicate as well, yep. and they don't have, you know, so they do it through kind of chemical means, typically either electrical or chemical means, and so we already—that's what a lot of medicines do. They they modify that communication. So we're, now we're just doing it in a in a bacterial organism as opposed yeah. to a human organism.
0: Well, interestingly, let, let me let me give you a bit of an extension on this. Let's let's take this to its potentially illogical conclusion. But in a lot of companies now. They're actually hiring biologists. I thought you said bacteria. <laughs> no, they're hiring biologists in a lot of just general companies because yeah. we can learn a lot from how animals co- communicate and cooperate, mm-hmm. and we can place that into a you know a system like a you know hierarchy in a workplace mm-hmm. and get these interesting efficiencies, particularly around stuff like uh, I remember this interesting case around transport and trying to work out the best flows around. Uh, you know, particular transport network. They hired a biologist because I think it was some kind of like, uh, was it ants? I think it was, yeah, about ants because we can potentially learn a lot from ants in terms of the efficiencies they create underground, right? They they obviously have doing something on a biological level that is rather efficient and we can transplant that into the workplace. So Mm -hmm. I'm wondering whether knowing this about the bacterium can help us out in our human ways as well. Mm -hmm. Potentially helping us communicate in ways that we seem to be failing... Currently, in all the technological or non-technological spheres, in theatres,
1: in, mm. in the <laughs> in the social the theatre, theater? yeah, the social theatre.
0: So that, that's my extension. I'm not quite sure how to go, where to go with that, but um. okay, all right. Should we go to your the main segment, which we're going to talk about Mercury, the planet, and how it's in retrograde? Yeah. Here's a little musical interlude, and we'll come back with said chat. Let's
1: So, um, yeah, everyone has been flipping out about Mercury retrograde. Mercury retrograde, this Mercury retrograde, that. How mm-hmm. you know, it's ruining their life. How all the chaos they've been experiencing. Obviously, it's Mercury's in retrograde. You gotta be careful. Mm-hmm. Gotta be careful with that retrograde Mercury. Now, you don't know what I'm talking about at all. Uh, I, I, can, I can make a, some, some kind of guess. Is Mercury
0: kind of is it in the a penumbra of some kind of shadow, or is it is it spinning the wrong way, or is it what, what is it? Retrograde or, 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 means it's going the other way, right? Yeah.
1: Retrograde means... It's going backwards. Backwards. So right. How, no. can
0: Merc- how can Mercury be going
1: backwards? Well, look, to be honest, if Mercury was going backwards, that would probably signal some sort of a cataclysmic astro- astronomical phenomenon yeah. that would probably really have an effect on our planet. It would probably be the apocalypse. Mm. (laughs) For some reason, Mercury went backwards.
0: Someone just spanked it like some some heavenly body, just totem tennis style, just went and it went around the other
1: way. I I guess we'd be fucked. (laughs) But what's happening is it only looks like it's going backwards because of the relative velocities of our planet and our rotation and how we see Mercury traveling. It's like if you're in a car uh, and you see a car next to you and if you are going faster than that car, it looks like the car next to you is going backwards. Okay, well, uh, But you know it's not going backwards. It's just a relative velocity thing. And so, if, if, if the background is all just space, yeah. you've got no point of... Yeah, so a couple yeah. times a year, it looks like Mercury is going backwards from our perspective. Gotcha. So that window of time, it's like a month at a time, is called Mercury is in retrograde. Okay. Right? So what? <laughs> right? Yeah. It doesn't mean it's changed anything by the way a speed is moving. But hold on.
0: But to me, that implies there's also an opposite period where Mercury's just like going way faster, garning
1: it. Surely, yeah. right? I mean, yeah, Mer- Mercury in overdrive. <laughs> what do we ever talk about that? No, or Mercury in stasis, where it just looks like Mercury is just standing still. Well, yeah, I guess that was a it. static Mercury, right? So, what, what, what is so we've got a month of this Mercury going backwards from our viewpoint, it happens though, a few times a year. Yeah. Um, apparently it's associated with chaos. Now, if you go back, the first time it was mentioned, um, is I think sometime around like Victorian era astrological times. Um, one book made a mention of the fact that, uh, Mercury in retrograde is associated with crop flooding. Okay. And did you know, the book, what was, uh, the book was, I'll tell you. It was the 19th century publication of The Astrologer's Magazine. Okay. Um, and they associated the retrograde Mercury with heavy rainfall and crop flooding. Fine. First time that anyone really Era. made a connection between chaos and Mercury being in retrograde. But I'm impressed that they knew so they could... So what year was it? Sorry, what no, was the... Late 19th century. So we're talking like 130 years ago. Oh, okay. And they, they, I mean, I guess astrology well, was... A, was it for a, hundreds of yeah, years, yeah, yeah. thousands of years, right? We've been looking at the stars. So... Yeah, I mean, we've been known Mercury and retrograde for a long time. But this first time, they were like, oh, that's why we're all going crazy. Yeah. Bad for your crops. Yeah. Um, And then ever since, especially like as astrology got much more popular in the 70s, um, people started throwing all of the kinds of things about chaos towards it. In particular, because Mercury uh, is like the god of like travel or something, you know, god of, you know, whatever in mythology. That's Mars. Mercury. All right. We'll have a look. Right. So Mercury, god uh, Mercury was the, said to govern travel, commerce, financial wealth, and communication. Right. Just, it's the transport minister, essentially, right? Basically, yeah. right? Instead of the SGA or something, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah, you go to
0: Mercury, you get yeah. a little stub, you yeah. have to wait. They never have the things ready for you. No. And like,
1: <laughs> so. Post you, everything in the mail. And so, because of the sort of the nomenclature of Mercury, people were like, oh, well... If Mercury's in retrograde. That's got me. in Mercury is anything associated with Mercury. The god Mercury yeah. must be fucked up. Now it's total happenstance that Mercury is associated with those things, and so to associate some change well, in on. its behavior.
0: How did the planet Mercury get its name? Did it get its name from like? H- how did the naming of the gods versus planets come about? Good question.
1: I don't. Well, presumably the gods first. And gods then first. The planets? Yeah, yeah, gods first. But do you think that people like the Romans like 2000 years ago looked up at Mercury and they're like, that one definitely has the features of the God Mercury (laughs) looking at it from here. We can see by its orbit that it's definitely got something to do with travel, Mm. commerce and Mm. communication. (laughs) 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 That heavenly body, that celestial body over there. Um, And so we found ourselves in this like trick of like nomenclature, right? Where it's like, you've got the, it was called Mercury for obscure reasons. Mercury is also for other obscure reasons decided to be associated with certain traits of life. And now we've decided that for whatever reason... And it's a liquid metal, just also. Also. Uh, and, so, and then at the same time, just because it does something unusual in its orbit, by our estimation, that must mean some sort of a role reversal and a flipping of all things that that god was associated with. It doesn't make any sense. Mm. Like, like the best things on J.I., we love the things that don't seem to have any effect on anything... And also, there's no reason why they should. Yeah. (laughs) Right? Like, why should drinking turmeric be good for you? Therefore, probably isn't. But see, the thing I love about all of this is
0: that... Okay, so in the 19th century, late 19th century, when the first sort of Mercuryites, retrogradians... um, The Mercury Reds. I I love that their descendants are the people today who are going off about, you name it, like blue light about pretty much everything that we've been talking about mm. on this program, right? All those health conspiracies theorists, they still exist and they existed back then. Do you know what I mean? Like there's something, some part of our constitution of humans wants to just believe in rubbish. And blame in. Mercury for stuff. Yeah, and then make life decisions based on said yeah. rubbish as well. I, yeah. I, I find that immensely fascinating. And oh. as you know, we've had, we've had numerous discussions where I then... Try to turn this on myself and say, "What rubbish do I believe that sure. I'm not even aware of? What I mean, must be stuff? What other things are you externalizing? Yeah, I mean, I don't believe it, I'm, not, I'm not not down with the zodiac. No, I'm not religious. No, but I'm sure, like, I believe in mm. some stuff that is totally preposterous. Yeah, th- probably things around like love or around you know, there's,
1: there's no evidence for preconceptions some of these yeah. that you've that you've inherited, right?
0: The one, uh, yeah. you know, or whatever.
1: Yeah, yeah. or yeah, exactly. So. It's just hey. wild to me that people are like, firstly, astrology is crazy. Secondly, the idea that a, just the movement of this body, even now, is affecting, is causing chaos worldwide. And now, they've done studies, and they've shown there is no increase in floods or anything else. Hold on. Sorry. They've yeah. done studies? Like, well, who no, did it, studies on no, this? No, but people... Are, well, dude, and we'll get to it. There are studies... Wh- for the most part, there are no studies. There are things- Well, who's r- funding it? That's my, that's my question. Well, some people are just is my like- tax dollar going to the well, funding of this, this shit? We have so much data mining that some people can just look at like the number, <clears> very <throat> quickly, look at the incidence of typhoons or floods yeah. or whatever else, and you can get a very quick cross-section and see, mm-hmm. is there actually any change when Mercury's in retrograde? It's a it's a quick and easy thing yeah. you can you can write something about that just yeah, for fun sure. right? right and so they've done that and yeah there's obviously no correlation between Mercury being retrograde and any phenomena in particular the main one that was first described which was crop. flooding yeah, yeah and and, and shitty crappy seasons right yeah. so that's that's all great now reading about that got me thinking about um, just astrology in general now have you read your most recent horoscope uh, you'd be surprised by this but no I've not. <laughs> So you are an Aquarius, right? Yeah. You Which is me. the uh, the sexiest of all the zodiac signs. Well, is that is that a, is that I, a fact? I, no, well, I made that if,
0: up. If that's true, then I'm, you can you can convince me to get involved in this. But
1: here's here's your uh, here's your horoscope for today. Okay. So your social energy is skyrocketing today. Uh-huh. Without even trying very hard, you will manage to make some interesting new connections. When in doubt, talk. What are we doing right now, dude? first podcast in like weeks true here we are we're talking your I'm social energy new, is skyrocketing uh, new connections unleash your charms and see what happens right in a group meeting or or outing your attitude will be the perfect antidote to the behavior of someone who's acting way too standoffish okay i don't know what that's about
0: um, that must have been our producer when I tried to calm him down when he was all like flipping out you, this is trash <laughs> what are you guys doing
1: i quitting <laughs> I calmed him down and I calmed him convinced down him that with your charms the zero dollar paycheck that we're giving is is more than ample yeah uh, your empathy will earn you some gold stars from some important people you've one you one from me for sure <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> anyway so it's total bullshit right well hold on what was I doing yesterday you want me to read your yesterday no. story? Oh,
0: but hold on. Is this horoscope from North America? Because it is. This... This, is for, this is for the 29th. So, in fact, that was well, really yesterday's. What I was doing yesterday, I'm on a crack at the moment in a room full of students. Yeah. I'm teaching mathematics. And well that might ring true, I'm, you know, trying to settle everyone down. This is a, a new social engagement for me.
1: I can't remember what else you said, but
0: who knows? Might be on it. Be on it, could, it could be something. has got the
1: days wrong. It's not right? the 30th. But the equally, 20th. as I'm reading this, I'm thinking that could be me too. <laughs> and I'm a Leo. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense, right? Um, but let's talk a bit about the science of astrology. And I know this seems like we're shooting fish in a barrel here and there's just n- nothing. Uh, there's no there there and nothing to really talk about. But humor me for a little bit because there is a bit of fun to be had with this. Of course. Uh, and it seems like the kind of thing that Look, there are things that we've talked about that you can understand why someone might think with Eastern medicine, like acupuncture, uh, maybe there's a reason. Or you ingest something. Mm-hmm. You ingest things, they do something to you, whether good or bad, and it could have an effect on you, right? Yep. So you can understand people's confusion or misconceptions about those interventions in your life. Yep. Astrology is, seems like one to me that everyone should have walked away from a long time ago. Sure. We don't believe in sun gods. No. Some of us believe in just regular old gods. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they don't act through the stars. It's just a... I'm more able to believe in the role of a god in space or wherever in a, in a celestial plane acting on us than just the planets having something to do with something, right? Mm. So it feels as though this one shouldn't even be a thing right now, but it is huge. It is really, really popular. And a recent poll found that the majority of Brits actually believe and read horoscopes
0: what yeah
1: what do you mean well where was the poll like I don't have a new uh, idea or you know I don't know but they probably read it, the new idea. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I know. It's, but apparently, like, they're, they're, they're highly read, and that's why they're out there. Like Every publication has a horoscope in yeah. it, right? They're huge. Still. Yeah. And they've been gaining popularity in
0: the last 30 years. Well, I'll tell you what, something we definitely should look into, yeah. because I know I've got a couple of friends who definitely put a lot of stock in moon cycles mm-hmm. and how it might affect... Um, there's, there's a... Biodynamic? Biodynamics, particularly for women. They, tr- they time things a lot yeah. on we, moon cycles Have we, have cycles we not spoken stuff?
1: about like, biodynamic wine and things like that? Did we have a, I, think, I feel as though we've discussed that mm. once. One of our listeners might have to <laughs> let, us let us know what we've done yeah.
0: on previous episodes. But certainly we might need to look into the moon cycle thing because at least in theory with a celestial body yeah. being as close as it is to us, yeah. the moon, right. one might suggest that there's that there's some pull on us, right? Like mm. what's happening with Mercury, which is an insane distance
1: away, so here surely so, has nothing to do with us. Well, but this is quite, so yeah, I totally get that. The moon there's, is look, closed, I've it still, caused the tides. It causes something at least, right? Right. It affects our it affects something through its pull. I read that if you want to get an idea of what kind of pull Mercury has on us, uh, the gravitational pull that Mercury has on us is less than that of a car that's 20 feet away from you. So the, my car in the street right now has a greater gravitational effect on you than Mercury does. <laughs> I don't know if that's a great comparison. Why not? In space, though. Because
0: well, if we're both on the planet, the car and me on the planet, yeah. we're getting pulled into the planet so strongly that,
1: that any any relationship between us you know, to we're, is... know we're, we're, we're talking... well friction but, and all this kind of shit. Yeah, but dude, those are those are in different vectors, right? We're talking about the resultant effect. Hey, I'm, I I'm, getting, I'm getting... It doesn't I'm matter. i trying to pick holes in a loose it, analogy. It, it, but, it doesn't matter. Uh, Point is, there's no effect. Okay. Right? Um, but let's say you wanted to study astrology, right? What are we going to do? Construct for me a study that proves or disproves astrological predictions uh it's some kind of cosmic twin study you
0: get two planets <laughs> that that exploded like, could we
1: call it the gemini study <laughs> oh that's really good right? Ooh. Ooh. Okay. you like that yeah um but yeah get yeah, you're on yeah. the right path well you get i don't know
0: how, how would you assess whether the zodiac is real is that what you're saying well here's exactly that's what i'm saying um, well, you get predictions mm-hmm. based on people's horoscopes, yeah, and, and you you blind them to their horoscopes, and they say what kind of things have happened with their day, sure, and then you link them up, and if there's any correlation between their what they've said is happening in their day and the
1: horoscope for theirs, as opposed to any other. But what people will tell you is that look, you have your vague horoscopes so you no, paper. I've, I know what you do. Can
0: I, can I tell you what you do? Yeah, tell, you tell me what you do. This is what you, you have your you experience your day, you journal about it, mm-hmm. and then you get given the twelve horoscopes, and you have to pick which ones yours. Mm-hmm. And they should be correct once in every twelve times. So you could just construct a statistical measure that says, is there selection of the correct horoscope any more than a twelve?
1: But what a real astrologer would probably tell you is that the the vague monthly horoscopes you read are not terribly specific and there's huge room for error in those things. And <laughs> what it comes down to is, you know, when you talk to a real astrologer, and I did go many years ago, I went to an astrologer and it was ridiculous. What, to throw paint? Like what were you <laughs> <laughs> No, oh, no, I sorry. went, I had a horoscope red and it was like totally bullshit. Right. I want to see what I was about. Oh yeah, fair enough. And, and they, they take your date of birth and your time of birth. Because there's like, you know, they get quite granular with that. They're like, yeah, hey, you find your Leo, but you're like rising Venus in under Leo with a waxing this and, yeah. or whatever. And like, they, yeah. they want to know like the minute you were born because they can, I just went and got a Brazilian. How did you know? <laughs> yeah. um, so given the fact that they can get very granular, they'll say, look, to do it properly, you need to know the minute of your birth. You know, we need to get down to like something very close. So can you give me like a, a prospective structure? For a study. No. Why, why don't you tell me what's on your mind? Well, twin studies yeah. is the classic, right? You yeah. got two people who are born at the same time mm-hmm. and you go, well, do twins have the exact same future, past, you know, predictions, life? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've always kind of thought, like, if you believe in astrology, then you should believe that twins are should be the exact same person and everything should be the same with them. No, you don't.
0: Well, sure. No, I like my study better than this. this you like this your study better than this? Yeah,
1: yeah, Well, there is a problem with my study. Numerous, yep. Well, <laughs> part of the fact that it relies on astrology, yeah. but is that the? Um, if you read a bit about people, this idea of twin studies has been put forward to the astrological community, and they're like, you don't get it. Um, what twins tend to do is, sure. Firstly, they're born at different times because they will be like ten minutes apart, so they're like right away. There's enough difference in those few moments that they'll have completely different futures, maybe vaguely similar. And now they believe that the similarities, which are vague in their life, wouldn't be attributable to either genetics or environment, but due to the similarity of the time of birth, yeah, <laughs> which yeah. is insane, right? Like, like, of course, they're gonna have similar outcomes and they were born on the same day. <laughs> like, no, Not because they're twins? No. <laughs> no, you yeah. simple child.
0: No, we don't even need twins. You just need pink. But
1: they'll be a bit bit different. Of course, they'll be a little bit different because they're 10 minutes apart. (laughs) This is crazy. And what they'll say is, what tends to happen is, um, obviously, if you have two people born the same, even if they're born really close together, they can't both have the exact same traits. What they have to do is they have to share the traits of a star sign. So if it's like Gemini and a rising whatever, it would be like generous but outgoing, you might actually find the twins splitting the features. So one might be generous, but one might be outgoing.
0: But there's like
1: a billion other people that are (laughs) Gemini's. Are they all just getting a letter (laughs) each? I know. (laughs) I'm just the G. What does that mean? It says here. It says, in many cases, twins, even those who share a fully identical birth chart, actually have quite different personalities, paradoxically. (laughs) <laughs> this is really, they'll be like, and this is the beauty of astrology, right? <laughs> the beauty of it. You think it's completely predictable? No. Sometimes it's incredibly unpredictable, and that's how you know it's real. <laughs> <You're> like what? <laughs> uh, uh, they oh might have God. completely different personalities and interests. But how, if all their signs and placements are exactly the same? Well, some astrologers theorize that even if twins share an identical birth chart, it's likely that they will expect, express different aspects of their charts more strongly than the other. Obviously. Clearly. Twins divide the chart between them early in life. (laughs) If they live and grow up together, they cannot both enact the same rules, obviously. You to share them. Yeah. I know, you're looking at me like. (laughs) But But the problem is when Uh, when you get into the weeds with these people who become hardcore proponents of whatever it is they're into, you often find that things become an all or nothing gamble, right? right, you're like, if you're a vegan, you're like, no, veganism is better for everyone All the time in every situation it is just the best thing to do right and that is a way of life not a dietary choice and if you're into the zodiac these astrologers this is their job this is what they do their whole life is the zodiac they think that everything they leave no room for nurture environment or genetics they're like no it's all from the stars the stars have decided everything for us and that is how it all is and everything has to be interpreted through the stars which is just they leave no room for anything else in life right because it is begins and ends in the stars um so this is by the way so one person said here uh what happens is and this is we think about it it's pretty obvious you have an alpha twin and a beta twin a strong one and a weaker one yeah. and the strong one basically takes his pick of the features or the or the what would we call them before the uh oh, whatever uh, the, yeah. the features of the chart yeah and the other one gets what's left over. Great. That's our one. So do you know any identical twins? You probably ask them. Uh, yeah, there's, there's, I've got it in my course. There's two. Send to sender twins. I can talk to also, them. by the way, by this theory, identical twins and fraternal twins um, have the same likelihood of having the same birth they're chart. The same yeah. they're, they're the same thing. They're the same thing. So no there should be no distinction, no difference in the outcomes or similarities yeah. of identical twins versus fraternal twins. And we know that's not true. And I'm still saying that as if I'm actually arguing against <laughs> astrology, but here's what's really good. So to counteract the problems with real birth twins and with astrology, which astrologers just pick apart. They're like, dude, they're just born too far apart for it to matter. Our identical twins are just, they're just not a reasonable yeah. study, which it is the best study for everything else, except for or They're like, no, their names they will be strangers. And so what people started doing is putting together studies with what are called time twins. Because if all it matters is the time you're born, all you need to do is compare two people who are born at the same time. And if you well, go that's to, right, exactly. So if you go to any given country... And that will to be closer than twins. It, that's the whole point. So you can fight astrologers with their own uh, sort of argument by trying yeah. to find people, strangers, who are born at the exact same time. And that's just what one study did. Uh, in It began in, I think, 1958. And they looked at 2,110 people who were born uh, on one day it's like March something, 1958. Um, and they've got them down. The average distance between times for match controls was 4.8 minutes. So okay. closer than twins are ever born. Sure, yeah. Um, and for chart for charting accuracy, like essentially born at the exact same time. They paired them and compared them at like 10, 13, 23, and whatever, and had them undergo like... Uh, personality testing and all this kind of stuff and they charted their like extrovertedness and all those features right <laughs> yeah Are like a real study yeah and what did they find like a real study <laughs> like a real study <laughs> yeah and what did they That's find like, this is like a real podcast like yeah. a real, exactly, exactly the same thing. um no pattern <laughs> Surprising. I know, I know. But it's great because they tried, they, they constructed it to play by all the rules of the yeah. astrologist. They're like, we'll give you a study where we, play, we, we give these guys the best chance to correlate highly. And they found like the weakest correlation possible. Yeah. W- worse than chance, I think. Beautiful. Yeah. Uh, let me put this to you because mm-hmm. I, I came
0: up with this while you were just talking then. <laughs> I was mm-hmm. half listening to you, half thinking about cool musicians' names because I've just come up with something called the Nodiac. Go on. Which is... like Is that like nocebo versus placebo? <laughs> well, I guess I guess it is. But it, we're, we're going to create 12 different nodiac signs based on names like Zappa. I, I don't know. Zappa came into my head straight away. Like, you know, Frank Zappa. Like what Zappa you, being the, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Who are you? I want to create a whole new set of 12 signs and a whole new set of like fairly mundane predictions for all of these signs. And for... No particular reason. I want to name them all after musicians that we both admire slash. Like their names. Like their their names. (laughs) Like Zappa. Zappa. Yeah. Um, Do do any of us really like Frank Zappa? Yeah. So you could be, see, I could be Zappa. I like Frank Zappa a little bit. I respect Frank Zappa. I'm not sure I really like his music. I like, yeah, that's true. I like that he exists.
1: Yeah. Well, he did exist. It's like Beefheart. I just can't listen to Beefheart, but I like the idea of what Beefheart is. Yeah. Yeah, No one actually likes Beefheart, I don't think. No? You it's, don't have, have Trout you, Mask
0: Replica on your tried? Have you tried to listen to it, dude? It is fucking... <laughs> I impe- it.
1: It's impenetrable. I can't, I can't remember it, to be honest with you. But I it's just it like a cacophony that. of noises. and like, it, It's so weird. Yeah. I should revisit it. Trout Mask Replica Revisited. That'll be the next episode. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I feel like you're not buying my, my Nodiac idea. Grohl could be another one. Or maybe
1: like... Grohl, the people's friend. Tweety. <laughs> Uh, oh dude I'm down I'm down yeah. for like you know just oh I'm a tweety I don't know what that really means <laughs> I don't know what that means either but uh, so would the features have anything to do with the musician or it's just completely no, like we can the make story? it to do with
0: the musician as well okay. we, could, we can make them either rosy or make them kind of depressive or yeah. whatever yeah
1: okay you know yeah look I'm all for another alternative to the zodiac which is just as banal yeah <laughs> and, <laughs> and and senseless <laughs> it's great all right you're in yeah. Just do it. We'll publish the the nodiac. the the, the We do these daily or weekly. <laughs> how often are we going to publish your uh, your nodiac? I think we need to, we need to one up it. We need to go hourly. <laughs> Every hour, okay. we're re predicting how your what your day is going to be like. Yeah, <laughs> what your hour is going to be like by twelve p.m. No, oh, that dude, that's so much better. Like instead of just saying I can predict your future based on the hour of your birth or the minute of your birth, just go nah, forget about it. I'm going to predict. Your hour, based on the month of your birth, <laughs> on any given hour, I know what your life is going to be like, <laughs> and you can just check it and be like, "Don't go outside. Watch out for new, <laughs> you no, know, new opportunities will arise." And you're like, "Wow, in the next hour, I got to really be mindful. of <laughs> New opportunities. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> it's great. Well, that's a way to sell it. Get easier. super granular. People, people, will be on it all. That's think right. Think about it. Like, once you, know you get daily, you'll be on it like Instagram. Yeah. Cons. We do it on Instagram, and we every hour we pump out a new Zodiac for all 12. Oh, not bad. It's going to be a hologram. Of... You can get
0: your hologram. That's really good. And it's, do we have 12 accounts each for each
1: of the 12 fake yeah. signs? Yeah, we would, we would yeah. so that you'd follow your account and yeah. every hour, every hour comes into your feed. Yeah. And you got to be really mindful of what's going on. Dude, <laughs> people would do that. <laughs> all right. I feel like we've reached, we've reached the zenith of our, uh... i think we have on
0: all things science and but jokes aside i'm really really serious about that i think that's
1: awesome i think that's such a fucking good idea okay well we have to get things in
0: line because we also have to do illogical conclusions that needs to be something we need to invest in as well so all this will be up on jeremyzion.com in the show notes in the show notes if you've been listening thank you so much for your listenership get in touch with us all the ways of connecting are up on said website let us know if you enjoy the show if you don't any ideas about scientific things we can look into? Pseudo scientific things we can look into? Even as better. Well. We
1: love those. Mm-hmm. We do.
0: Um, and at some point. placebo's, no SIBOs, real SIBOs. <laughs> at some point, we're going to be. Well, I've promised you this. Yeah. I'm going to be taking ice bars yes, at some point in the future. Yeah. I'm going to be testing Wim Hof's theory, um, considering we've been getting a lot of heat. For our uh huh
1: yeah dude I'm super excited I'm gonna our do anti Wim Hof stance so we're gonna be um, I want to do one with you not like with you <laughs> <laughs> well to be fair it's a, a and small bathtub
0: <laughs> an ice bath is not a romantic situation I can't imagine there's any kind of
1: no and if there's two of us in the tub that'll attenuate some of the effects of the cold if that's true yeah right yeah <laughs> especially if I'm wetting myself <laughs> um no by the way so I did look into I told you about that um, cryo Therapy? Mm-hmm. Did you read? Did I send you the link? Yeah, but I wouldn't have read it. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, so there's a thing called cryotherapy. We, I go. Is, I go. There's,
0: there's a, a system of threes. I read every third thing you send to me. I feel like it's a more efficient way of t- dealing with. As long as I can figure yourself. out
1: which one you're reading, yeah. I can send you two junk <laughs> emails, yeah, yeah. and then only send you good things on the third. Mm. Um, yeah, so cryotherapy. You go into like this little booth thing, um, it looks like an Iron Maiden with the head chopped off and you get cold air is misted around you and the thing freezes to minus, I think it's like minus 160 Mm -hmm. Celsius. So what's that going to be? Plus 110 Kelvin or something (laughs) or whatever it is.
0: Yeah, Um, Because we're only talking Kelvin. We're only SI on this. Preferably, uh... yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it was like Fahrenheit and sauce. Right. So like, no, just am no, no, no. just keep it Kelvin. Kelvin. Yeah, dude. <laughs> was, you want to start? Do you want to start at zero? Or you want to start it, at? Geez, it was so on. it was so cold yesterday. It was like 285 Kelvin, and like, but meanwhile, the next day it was boiling. It was like 290. <laughs> You're like, it seems such a small difference. No, it was massive. Um, so you go in this little chamber. Moist air is misted around you, and it's frozen to like minus 160. And the idea is, you get this like super flash freeze of your skin, which causes all the effects of
0: sounds of uncomfortable. Cryo, of,
1: sounds apparently it's not that uncomfortable because it happens so superficially, and it's you you do it for like two minutes or like or like ninety seconds or something like that, and that's meant to like give you all the benefits of cryotherapy, and it's actually meant to be more comfortable than than an ice, bath, a ice right? bath. Yeah. I'm genuinely scared for that, by the way. Oh, I, me I too. It it sounds awful. Well. Yeah. You know that. Don Puckett has ice cold showers every morning and has for like 30 years. I love and the that's guy. a secret to his youth. Hmm. Anyway, so cryotherapy, cold, misted, hyper frozen air around you. There was a study that was done recently where they compared the effects of core temperature and skin temperature and all that kind of stuff between ice baths, which are free and cryotherapy, which is like $90 for yeah. for like ninety seconds. Yeah. It's crazy, right? You go onto the website I sent you and there's all these different packages and it's like you can do like the, with a with once a month package for like ninety dollars. And there's packages that are like thousands of dollars and there's like four times a week. So there are people out there who I guess either are or they expect to do this, go and do these ninety second cryo things at basically a hundred dollars a pop four times a week every month. Crazy. We're in the wrong game, dude. We're in the wrong game. So they compared it, and they said, uh, it doesn't actually cool you. Even though it gets colder than the ice bath, the very fact that it's like convection and not conduction means it just actually doesn't get you as cold, Mm. which means it's all just bullshit, and you get a stronger physiological reaction to the ice bath, which makes sense, because the whole point is to cool you. And if you don't feel cold, that means you didn't get cold. So the the very idea that they're like, you get the benefits of cryotherapy without feeling cold... It's like... Well, then you aren't getting the benefits of it because you haven't gotten cold. Pretty interesting, right? Yeah. So there's a super high-tech thing to try and, like, attenuate the downsides of cryotherapy, which ultimately seems to probably just attenuate the effect of cryotherapy. Right. Uh, So the literature seems to suggest just ice bath. Well, we're going to have to investigate.
0: Yeah. That's for the future. Uh, Yeah, I think that's been Jeremy's eyes. We can cut that video because it probably wasn't very exciting. Whatever. That's fine. I'll leave it in. If, if people have stuck around this long, they're not going to do it out by the way. They don't point. care. No. Like, uh, All
1: right, chicken bones.
0: Don't we done. We'll see you, uh, I was going to say, next week, but that's probably unlikely. See you soon. See you soon. i oh, fit
1: I heard about, by the way, this reminds me, I heard about a, um, a made of mine at work, recently went to a barbecue for a, uh, like a recently married couple, yeah. friend, a friend of his wife, so it was, was a, wasn't a direct friend of him, shows up at the front door of this barbecue, and the husband hmm. is standing there with a donation box, and he says, thanks for coming, we are actually raising donations for a trip we're going to go on, and uh, if you feel like leaving a donation... You just like basically put in this in this box. Yeah, right. And he's like, what the fuck is this? And he's like, people are giving a hundred bucks. And, yeah, know, I've, seen, just... I've seen that. That's done. That's a done thing. I don't know necessarily agree and with it, but... so they go into the party and then there's a quota on how much they can eat. So it's one sausage per person, like one drink each. Because obviously they're trying to make, it's a money-making thing. They're not there just to like oh, so the give whole... away food. Oh, no, no. The whole reason for the barbecue was to raise money for them to go on a trip. And then during the barbecue, they're like, we want to thank everyone for coming. This was really sweet of you to come and help us, you know, go away. We're going to go to the Maldives. We've actually booked, this is very exciting. We've booked um, business class tickets.
0: <laughs> and everyone's like, what the f-? And I think
1: everyone was just like, what the fuck is going on here? What's wrong with you people? Yeah. They were basically throwing, they were, I find it weird when you go to a wedding and they're like, give us money to go and do something. Yeah. I find that a bit weird personally. Yeah. Well, but, but at least it's more conventional. This is like, they're already married and they still want that same wedding charity and they're like oh we'll just have like a barbecue instead of a wedding and people will give us money to do something that we want to do but the funny thing is they've also already booked the tickets they're and they're using end, the money to buy the no, tickets no and they've chosen to go they've
0: business class ex- which is like yeah. extremely expensive tickets they've booked they've, they've, they've sunk a whole lot of money on something yeah. useless like an upgrade to business class yeah and, and they're they, asking everyone to just pay for replenish. it well Basically. No, they've paid for it. This no, 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 thing. but they're, they're to, just to reimburse are, them.
1: Yeah. And what's even crazier is that like, if they're going to have what, 20, 30 people at that party? And those be couples. So let's say that each of the couples gives a hundred bucks. They won't get more than that. Yeah. That's already fairly generous. Yeah. They're going to make what? $1,500 minus food and drink that they're supplying. They're going to leave this with like, at most $1,000. To piss everyone else? To piss off all their friends who have never attended an event, think they're both shitheads now. Yeah. And they've saved a thousand bucks off their collective business class tickets to the Maldives, which is probably like a $15,000 trip. What's the point?
2: Yeah.